Hello, and welcome to the Scripts and Scribes podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Fukunaga. For more great interviews and resources on the craft and business of writing, be sure to check out our companion website, scriptsandscribes.com. But first, we're joined by a Canadian-based writer-producer team whose credits include the sci-fi movie Lake Placid Legacy, series such as Continuum and Netflix's reboot The Guardian Code. They're currently finishing up the fourth season of Van Helsing and join us from Vancouver. Welcome Matt Venables and Jeremy Smith. Thanks for coming on, guys. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks for having us. Um, we always start off when we're talking to writers who have never been on the podcast before about your background. So I'd love to find out how you got your start in television and what inspired you to want to work in the entertainment industry. Um, maybe I'll start with Matt and then, you know, Jeremy can opine as well. So Matt, tell me, how did you get your start in in TV and what inspired you, or actually in film and TV, uh, and what inspired you to want to work in the industry? Uh, just a, a general love for movies and, and TV and stuff like that. It made me want to go to film school. And then, yeah, in film school, I met Jeremy and that's where we kind of connected um, as far as getting into TV and stuff, I would say it was six feet under watching six feet under really was that moment where I thought I want to make TV. And I remember finishing the series and, and getting and shutting it off and then calling Jeremy immediately and saying, dude, we need to write television. Yeah. <laughs> I hadn't seen him in like five days cause he binge watched DVDs of it. So I, uh, I was like, yeah, I figured out quickly what he was doing. He was watching <laughs> yeah, that's after season of this amazing. That was the game changer for me, at least. Okay, now Jeremy, same question. Um, was it the yeah. same six feet under the same call, or was it something different for you? How did you get your start, and what inspired you to want to work in the industry? Well, I was always, um, I was always uh, taken to uh, telling stories. Even even as a young child, my mom still has these ridiculous um, uh, notebooks from from elementary school of. Uh, stories about ninjas and dinosaurs and things like that that I wrote when I was young. So I always loved um, telling stories, but I never really thought of it as any sort of career path um, until I was, uh, you know, in college and I was sort of spinning my wheels, not knowing what I wanted to do and felt like I was wasting time and money because I didn't know what I wanted to be. And then, um, it was uh it was finally i saw an uh, like it's it's really a cliche sort of moment where i saw an, uh, an advertisement for a film school in my town of victoria bc uh on vancouver island very small film school boutique little little school and uh so i was like hey that's worth a shot i'm going to try that you don't need uh any kind of credits or anything you just need a check so let's 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 give it a go <laughs> And uh, I thought, you know, I might as well try and live out this dream while I'm young. I can always course correct later. And, uh, I, you know, I met Matt and we had the same sensibilities and um, the same love of stuff. And I initially wanted to do like music videos and commercials. Like mm. I, I had a, I had sort of this love as a child for commercials when I was growing up, just like, somebody could grab your attention and do something iconic that everybody remembered in 30 seconds. I just thought that was really cool. And wow. then, uh, it, you know, eventually my, my, uh, taste and sensibilities matured and I wanted to tell a more longer format stories and not sell soap. So, uh, uh, we, uh, yeah, we, you know, put our heads together and we just started creating like almost right off the bat. Yeah. 
like in the first week or two of the, of this film school and just started writing together. And we'd literally passed the laptop back and forth. And, uh, we, at that moment I knew like, this is what we got to do. This is what we, we should try to do. So we, um, we learned that the, uh, the industry was in Vancouver. So as soon as we graduated, we, we moved out here and, you know, got our start. Um, which is a long story. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Now, did you guys know each other before you went no, to film no. school? No. no, not at all. I'm from Ontario originally. Matt's from Alberta. We both ended up out west um, on different paths, and uh, and they just kind of converged at this film school. Yeah. Okay. Um, now, Jeremy, you'd mentioned a little bit about film school. Matt, was what was your film school experience like? Did you have a similar experience as Jeremy? I know you guys met there and, and sort of formed that partnership, but what was your film school experience like, Matt? Uh, it was it was an interesting film school. Uh, it was a small little school, like Jeremy said. Um, early on, we learned that our teachers weren't necessarily there to teach us. We uh, overheard a conversation of them saying, how much should we teach these guys because they'll be our competitors one day? Wow. So that kind of lit a fire under our asses. And, and we, you know, realized that we had access to free cameras, free editing machines. And so we kind of just did our own thing and taught ourselves along the, on the way. And, uh, you know, I think it, we're better for it, hearing that conversation. Yeah, yeah. They were the, like, uh, the epitome of those that can't teach. So, uh, and we learned that pretty quickly. So we did most of our learning, learning on the weekends and over, overnight. Like, we'd spend all night filming ridiculous things, just like trial and error, learning how stuff worked and how to you know, not cross the axis and doing these silly little shorts as uh, at at night and we'd come back to school highly underslept and <laughs> and not, not not care because we didn't we didn't believe a word that came out of anyone's mouth after that. Yeah. That exactly. conversation. So yeah, we were kind of uh I don't know, the we went we went uh in spite of the teachers. We went just because they had free gear. Yeah. Now what film school is this just if there's we can send out a warning. <laughs> it's not around anymore. Actually. It, it, Shocker. Yeah, shockingly, it's, it's it, was called, it was called uh, the Victoria Motion Picture School, or VMPS for short. So I don't mind throwing it another bus because it doesn't exist anymore. Gotcha. Now, yeah. does having a, a production background, meaning you made your own films, so you understand the entire process of filmmaking, um, the entire production process, has that affected your writing at all does that make you a better writer because you know i.e I how the sausage is made so to speak or does it you know did you have to like well, take that out of the equation no I, absolutely i wouldn't i wouldn't credit film school for that um i uh, yeah i think more um our our assisting background coming up um assisting producers and directors and things like that on everything from small mows to huge you know, major motion pictures. We, you, you, that was the whole purpose of doing that, that road, not just to get a shoe in the door as much as it was to, when you're the producer's assistant, the assistant to the boss, you're this conduit of information and communication from every department back and forth. So you learn at least little bits of how the sausage is made of every department so that i would credit more for us 
which I get absolutely believe makes us better writers and more understanding of possibilities and, and, uh, when to pull back and what, what you can get away with and, 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 uh, and things like that. Like we, it definitely made us more, uh, attuned to, um, yeah, like what I said, like what you can get away with on the page in when, when budget and time and all those things are, are factors are major, always major factors in, in the production of the show. Having that producer assistant background makes us far better for that. Right. Because uh, I know like Matt, you worked as an assistant on things like uh, firewall with Harrison Ford and uh, the CW series life unexpected and other things. Uh, and Jeremy also like on films like The Day the Earth Stood Still uh, with Keanu Reeves and Ned at the Museum and like USA Psych. Um, but I wanted to say or touch base on in addition to kind of realizing what the production process is and sort of taking that into consideration with your writing. Has it also because writers on television are also oftentimes experienced veteran writers are often also producers. So your job entails not just sitting in front of a keyboard uh, and in the writer's room generating ideas and writing scripts, but actually on set sort of being the, you know, a producer on the show. Does yeah. the, the sort of communication you had, at, you know, and understanding of the process and speaking to different departments, because there is a protocol for that. You know, uh, Absolutely. you know, if, if something needs to be changed in wardrobe, you don't just tell the onset, you know, costumer to change this. You might have to go to, you know, the, the costume designer or something like that. Uh, did yeah. that also help? And in what other areas did being an assistant help when it comes to actually working, not necessarily just writing, but working on television? I think it helped a lot with time management because that's a huge key when you're working on set, like when you're producing on set. Right. Because a show like Van Helsing, for example, we basically did six day shoots and we did 12 hour days wow. without overtime. Wow. So we knew we had to get seven, eight, sometimes 10 pages in a 12 hour day. So our job on set is to manage time in all the departments to make sure everything runs smoothly to make sure we're going to get our day. Yeah. So working with good producers and bad producers, you learn all that kind of stuff to help you, uh, you know, when it's your turn to be <laughs> yeah, in the trenches and, and you're the one, you know, making the calls of whether or not we can get a scene or move a scene to another day or, you yeah. know, the, the onset writing producer is, uh, such a, and television is such an interesting job because you're not just making creative decisions as to, um, they, yeah, they should, they should use that gun or should they should wear that jacket or, or that piece of uh, set deck should be removed because it's distracting. Like there's all kinds of um, uh, avenues that we have to sort of traverse with explaining motivations to certain to actors because you know directors are great in but in television they're only there for that one episode so they don't know they're not it's not like a feature where they're immersed in the entire story right um, and uh, you know, some like Matt said, with time management, if we're running against the clock, you have to come up with a creative solution to um, truncating a sequence or uh, or a scene without hindering the story or um, compromising too much creatively. It's a it's a 
it's it's a sometimes stressful puzzle, but it's it's honestly in a weird masochistic kind of way, it's the most fun part. Is yeah, trying really. to figure out those puzzles. Right. Well, that, that's actually where I was going to go next when you mentioned how stressful it is. Uh, I was going to mention or ask how you, if you preferred being a writer, producer in television, where obviously you have your hand in a lot more and you're part of, you're much more part of that entirety of the creative process rather than just the script. Whereas in, in features, because um, I know you guys are feature writers as well, uh, oftentimes, and again, there are exceptions, there are writer producers in, in, in feature films as well, but for the most part, most writers uh, are not, and they write the script, and sometimes they're on set, sometimes they're writing as you go, doing rewrites, and sometimes they're not, they're just completely separate. But generally speaking, yeah. the producerial duties do not uh, uh, fall to the screenwriter, generally speaking. So I was going to definitely talk to you about the differences in which you actually preferred, but you obviously already mentioned that, so... Um, yeah, well, yeah, no, definitely prefer television, hands yeah. down. Like, uh, features are always going to be, you know, something that we want to um, explore further. But our 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 main goal and our and our and our real love is is definitely television. It's such an interesting um, new media now with the whole streaming aspect of it, and it's like the wild west again. It's uh it's almost like there's no rules again, and it's trying to figure out what it's going to be. And uh, we love that. Right. How do you guys work together? And what I mean by that is it's sort of a division of labor, because every partnership is different. But is yours more of a division of labor where you each take different parts of the script that you're going to work on um, and write separately and then bring it all together? Or do you work together on everything scene by scene? It depends on the what 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 we're talking about, like, um, uh, Van Helsing, for instance, like when we're hired onto a show and we're doing, um, stories that, uh, for a series that is, isn't ours. Um, we do exactly that. We divide it up. Like, um, for instance, like Van Helsing, to give you an example, is a six act structure. So I'll take the first three acts and that will take the last three acts. And then when we're both done, we marry them together and then we'll do a pass together to sort of smooth it all out. But the the guide map to the script is usually so detailed that um, it's it's so easy to do that way. Like you can jump in, Matt can jump in at the midway point of the story and finish it off. Right. And uh, and it's not it's not like a dog's breakfast at the end, you know, like the, it, the marriage is pretty... And we know each other's voices. We're very similar, so the uh, the marriage uh, is very easy to do, and uh, it helps um, you know finish a script in half the time. Most of the time, <laughs> not not always. You think you think you think two people doing one script would uh, would always be so much faster, but you know yeah, there's still roadblocks that you can hit and uh, and stumbling blocks that you know eat up time. But yeah, that that's how we do that. But when we're doing original stuff, if Matt has a great idea, he'll run with it. And if I have one, I'll run with it. And then we'll just like hand it off and just read each other's stuff and give notes. Um, not necessarily do a pass um, unless one of us is stuck on something and the other one has a solution. And then they'll done. Then they'll pick it up. But yeah, there's no real um, rules to how we do anything other than when we do 
hired gun work. Yeah. Right. I was just going to say, it always depends on the project. Right. I was going to ask you how you guys get your voices to match on the page, but then Jeremy had mentioned that you're, you have a similar voice anyway. Um, so what I'll ask instead is how do you guys settle disputes or disagreements or, you know, differences of opinion, let's say, uh, or do you, does that happen very infrequently? We arm wrestling. Oh, nice. And I always win. <laughs> no, no it's, it's always best idea wins for us. So we'll debate about it. And, you know, it, the, the key to working in a partnership is, is no ego. Because it's always, we're always searching for the best idea. So I'm still struggling with that part of it. Yeah. No, <laughs> um, <laughs> no yeah, it's, um, it's, uh, you, you basically, if, if one of us feels strongly against something, they better have a, damn good compelling argument to, yeah. to you know it can't just be i don't like it it you know you should have a, a a thorough and you know um grounded reason why and a fix you know like or uh or an alternative um right. and if you don't then you know and you just don't like it then we're both you know tough luck you know like this is what we have so this is what we're moving forward with and neither of us are, you know, that stubborn that we were like, it ever becomes a, a big deal. Like, well, I don't think, I think we might have had like, I could count the amount of maybe arguments we've had in, on one hand in, in 19 years. So oh, wow. it's, uh, it, it, it has to work that way. I, I think otherwise, well, I don't, I, I, I honestly believe we would not be anywhere near as far along in our career <laughs> as we are if we argued every piece of minutia <laughs> right. but we've seen it we, i've seen it oh yeah, yeah. absolutely like we, we've, we've both seen that and it's kind of like i think the you know highly observant eye that we have of uh just our surroundings it, it and um we we learn from every interaction from all the people we work with and when you see when you see that kind of um log jam of of people digging their heels and it just makes you aware like we, sh we, 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 we can never do that. Yeah. It's right. just so counterintuitive to the process. So it counters creativity really. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, what are the best parts about working with a writing partner and what are the challenges? Uh, the best part is that is definitely just always having somebody that's got your back on some, because you know, writing, Writing can be um, pretty lonely, I guess. Mm -hmm. A lot of people love it that way. I, I, I'm the opposite. I love that's what I love about TV: the writing room, the team, bouncing ideas off of each other. Because there's nothing like that momentum of like when, like Matt and I get an idea and we're bouncing it back and forth, and and it you can really feel like this is going somewhere. And if you don't have somebody to do that with, um, I feel like you're missing out on on uh, the enjoyment, a lot of the enjoyment of the process. So that's my take on what I love about it. We're, we're a mini writers, which is great because you're always have someone to bounce ideas off of, like Jeremy said. And some people don't like that. Like some people love the solitary, you know, lifestyle of, of, of doing it. And they kind of despise the writers. We've seen writers come into the writing room that have never been in a writing before. And just like, they're always like, I don't know how you guys do this. Like, <laughs> Because they just can't, I guess they've never had somebody say, like, I don't like that idea. Or, like, you have to have a thick skin in a writing room. Like, you have to be fully aware that your idea could get shot down. And it's never, well, I wouldn't say never, but 
it's nine times out of ten it's not personal. It's just you know it's part of the process, and you and it makes you a better writer for it, in my opinion. And so the fact that we have this ego-free, um, very similar sensibilities that when when we hit a good idea and that momentum starts up, we 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 know we have something, and it's just it's just really exciting. Right. Now, how were you guys treated in the writer's room as a partnership or as a team? In the room, we're just our individual selves, like any other writer in the room. Yeah. It's just we're, we're a team when it comes to writing the script. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. But otherwise, we're just like anybody else in the room. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they don't look at us like one person or anything like that. It's just we're, um, yeah, we're just two two guys in two chairs with, you know, two different voices, and we... And uh, I'm kind of glad it's that way. It'd be, it'd be weird if yeah. they just, you know. <laughs> we had to confer with each other. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you huddle up, in, you huddle up yeah. in the corner of the writer's room to confer. We, we say no to that idea. We, we're actually a great deal for any show because there's two of us. It's a two-for-one deal. So Yeah. Right. Now, you guys, uh, I think it was Jeremy, I think, that mentioned that you guys have been uh, writing partners for close to 20 years. How has your partnership changed over that period of time or grown? Matt had a kid. Yeah. Hey, happened. congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> um, we, we, we got hairier. Yeah. Yeah. We got, <laughs> yeah, we got losing some hair, but other than that, no, I, uh, we've just, we've just gotten better. Yeah. Like I can't, nothing's changed in between in the relationship really. Um, I mean, we're more mature for sure. Way more mature than we first met. <laughs> uh, and yeah, uh, sure. I don't, uh, yeah, nothing, nothing really uh, creatively has changed other than our, our craft has gotten better. Our sensibilities have, uh, we were far more scattered when we first started. Like mm. we were any, and like we, we didn't have the filter that we have now for bad ideas. Like we would just, any idea when you're starting out seems like a great idea and you just run with it. So like, yeah, now we, now we know how to work out through an idea and know if it's worth putting our time into. I guess that's that's the, only, the biggest thing that's changed. We were far more focused. Yeah. Right. Well, speaking about good ideas versus bad ideas, for those writers out there wondering, is my idea a good idea or a bad idea? What sort of benchmarks or what sort of uh, litmus test do you use to determine whether or not your idea is a good one or a bad one for, you know, your series or feature or whatever? Well, just to start off, a in my in our opinion, like a, a a bad idea is purely subjective. A good idea purely subjective. So like, it just comes down to our taste, really, and yeah. and how we would approach it, and how we would want to present it, and how like because we're talking about TV because that's our primary focus. Mm-hmm. Um, how it would have a life like beyond, you know the first episode because everybody can always think of this great idea for a TV show and then they write a pilot or they have an idea for the pilot, but there's, they, there, there, there's really nothing beyond it, you know, like, um, so we weigh all these things out, um, and, uh, and see if like, yeah, this, this thing could go beyond, this is more than just a gimmick, you know, like, uh, or, or, um, yeah, it's just it. It's all about weighing out how this story 
could be told and do we even want to tell it? Mm -hmm. Sometimes that takes us a week. Sometimes it takes us 10 minutes. Right. How many scripts had each of you written before you got your first paid gig? Damn. Oh, I don't know. A lot. A lot. (laughs) Um, Some that I would never want to read again, for sure. Uh, (laughs) Sure. I don't know, actually. That's a good question. That's a good question. Yeah, I I don't know about it. I'd say maybe a dozen. Yeah. A dozen? Yeah, maybe a dozen. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, both features and, and, you know, pilots. We did a a couple of spec scripts that taught us that we hate spec scripts. (laughs) You hate what? Um, and I'll, ne- I'll never a spec script oh, like yeah, writing yeah. your writing, version of an my version. Yeah, our version yeah. of like we did a an always sunny in Philadelphia spec script like a long time ago, and uh, which honestly wasn't bad. It was totally it was pretty good. Yeah, it was totally that show. But you, when you're handing out that is like your half hour comedy spec, mm-hmm. you should shouldn't pick at the time anyway. Such a niche show because right. you could totally tell people who'd never even heard of it the show. Uh, would meet with us and just be like, we don't get it, <laughs> and and if and which is fair enough. If you'd never even heard of that show, and so that we it taught us to quickly, like, okay, let's just do original work. Like, yeah, spec scripts are fine for certain things, but I, I don't, I don't really believe in them personally. I think that you should, uh, if you're a good enough writer, you can you can adapt to the show. You shouldn't, you know. I think it's all about your own creativity. So, yeah, that that was a uh, that was a learning process for us in there in the yeah. early stages. So, we yeah. we actually had an agent send us a a link to a book on how to write comedy after we sent her that script. Wow. Yeah, <laughs> it was pretty funny actually. Yeah, <laughs> we, 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 that that was comedy. That, that was funny. comedy. That was good comedy. <laughs> she thought it was an original piece. That oh uh, okay. <laughs> well, speaking of comedy and 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 genres, uh, you obviously have made that sort of, I don't want to just say switch, like it's a one-time only thing and permanent or whatever, but you guys have written in a wide range of genres, uh, most notably sci-fi, but also like horror, romantic comedy, animation. But the general belief, the consensus, is that writers should stick to a single genre, at least for a substantial portion of their career, to get incredibly established in that, before even remotely attempting uh, any any other genre, and oftentimes writers don't. They just stick in that single genre. While most writers would love to be not pigeonholed in that single genre, but you know it can be extra difficult to develop a good reputation in in more than one genre as a writer. But you know, talking about comedy, you switch from comedy to you guys write mostly an hour long, and you've written for animation, sci-fi, horror. How have you been able to make that work? We just decided to do it. Yeah, we were all, we we were actually encouraged to stick with it, and I do agree with it in the beginning. I do agree with that. Like, you should kind of stay in your lane, find your voice, establish yourself, um, and then you know branch out. I mean, look at Craig Mazin, for instance. You know, goes from doing the Hangover and stuff, and then Chernobyl out of the blue. Like, um, it, it um, so we just. We we begrudgingly listened to that in the beginning. We we didn't get it. We we just wanted to write stuff that we like. That and what we wanted to see on TV, which is runs the gamut of 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 you know genres. Um, and but uh, you know, I, I our first you know paying gig and our first love 
And one of the things we always kind of will do is sci-fi and horror. We love it, but we're not going to let it pigeonhole us. And if we want to tell a, a grounded human story or a, or an outright, you know, farcical comedy, we're going to do it. And um, whether somebody buys it or not is, you know, <laughs> beside the point. But yeah, I, 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 I do agree with that, you know, sentiment if you're starting out to, you know, stick with one thing and do it really well and get known for it and then and then start to branch out because uh, otherwise I feel like you're going to be too too scattered. Focus is always, always, like I said, it took us a long time to learn, but like focus is, uh, is, 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 a, is a huge key to getting started. I think the key too is, is being passionate about what you write because if you're not passionate about the project, it's going to show on the page. Yeah, yeah. So we've been lucky enough to, to write on things that we really like and would watch ourselves on TV. So so we've been really lucky in that regard to, that we're, we're passionate about everything we make because we've been lucky in that sense. Yeah, we definitely have gotten lucky. We haven't had to write something um, for the check, you know, like we haven't had to do that yet. We haven't had to... Everything, like Matt said, we've, we've gotten to the, the you know benefit to work on has been stuff that we do enjoy. So, um, but I feel like, uh, I feel like once in the, like, I feel like in the future we're going to, um, you know, just start branching out even further. Um, cause there's some, there's a, you know, a plethora of, of ideas that are not, you know, sci-fi horror based that, uh, that we're working on currently actually so uh and i know there's a lot of production going on in in, in vancouver and in toronto as well um how mm -hmm. have you been able to make that make a successful tv writing producing careers for yourself in canada luck <laughs> <laughs> it's um yeah that's it i think uh i think i'm not hit on that it, it is it is luck the reason why we got to stay here because like um but uh you just have to be, you just have, like, I don't know. I feel like in this digital age now, mm -hmm. like, you don't need to necessarily uproot your life and move thousands of miles away to to live it out when, when there's Skype and email and all these things that are just, you know, we've, we routinely have pitches through Skype with people in L.A. and, um, and we come down to LA all the time. Yeah, we are in LA probably four, four or five times a year. Yeah, we our managers are in Los Angeles, for instance. Um, uh, but it hasn't hindered us basically because mainly because we live in a city that has a lot of production. Right. So, um, and those productions when they set up shop, they want to take advantage of the regional tax credits and things like that. So they, you know, they if they can hire talented people that live here and reap a monetary benefit out of it, any producer is going to take that. So it, it has worked out for us um, basically purely by location. Like I, um, if, if we lived in Calgary or Saskatoon or something like that, we would definitely have to move either to Vancouver or LA. Like they, you couldn't, yeah, you couldn't, you know, um, have a, have a, a, a staff writing career 
on a TV series in, 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 in any of those cities, really. But for creating your own stuff, if you're starting out, um, you know, you, I don't think you need to move to L.A. or New York or anything like that because the power of email is a power of thing. You can take trips and meet people and, and uh, stuff like that. But, uh, yeah, I, I think it's just the, it's just, it's just the times. Like, we, we, uh, we reap the benefit of the digital age and uh, Internet age and, and a city with a lot of production. And when you first got started as assistants, you worked on a lot of uh, Vancouver-based or Canadian-based productions, I'm assuming? Yeah. Yeah, both Canadian and American. Oh, okay. Um, no, but most Canadian meaning like they, they shot American. in in Canada. Yeah, 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 always shot in Canada, yeah. So if a, a show was going to be, you know, the writer's room was going to be in a different city, whether it's Los Angeles, New York, or wherever, even Toronto, would you uproot and move or would you just continue to look work for work in vancouver oh we'd, we'd go where the work is oh, okay. it depends on the show yeah. it depends right it depends on what the project was like if it was a project we really wanted to work on absolutely um but i don't know if we would do it just just for the job unless we were like you know desperate or something like that <laughs> uh i don't uh yeah because there's always going to be something sure vancouver Vancouver is, um, it's only getting busier right. work-wise here. So, um, I mean, writing rooms are still few and far between, but there's, it, it's far more common than it was 10 years ago. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, and, uh, but yeah, I mean, we'd go anywhere if the project excited us for sure. So you're on the lookout for that next great, uh, series in Saskatoon? <laughs> yeah, it's a great series. Yeah. Great, well, well, we're developing one right now that might take us to Winnipeg. So there oh, you go. Cool. Um, yeah, like we're we're constantly developing our own stuff and trying to not only tell international stories but Canadian news as well. And so we we we're if it's our own, especially with our own show, I, uh, you're gonna we'll make it anywhere. Sure. <laughs> you had mentioned you take a number of trips to Los Angeles uh, for meetings and things like that throughout the year. When you first got started writing, before you had uh, become a professional writer, did you do the same thing? Were you in visiting Los Angeles from time to time for meetings and things, or was it all sort of Skype-based? No, we visit, visited uh, L.A. for sure. Um, we made a lot of connections working as assistants. So right. we'd go down to LA and, you know, meet new people, show them our work and, you know, get feedback and direction on what we should do next for our careers. Yeah. And we probably, uh, like, like to reiterate that, that, uh, producing assistant career that we had was, um, was invaluable. Like we early in our career, when we were nobody, we were getting, meetings with people we had no business getting meetings with because we got vouched for by a certain person, you know? So, um, if you're for, if you're a, if you're a young writer and you're trying to get in the business, um, and you need, you know, if you've got live in a city with a lot of production, take that Avenue. It's, uh, it's, uh, you'll, you'll learn a ton and you'll make a lot of contacts and it's, uh, it, uh, it actually, um, is how we got into our first writing room. Exactly how, like, somebody knew that 
we wanted to be writers and the new writing room was opening up and they said, Hey, these guys would be good assistants. Oh, wow. So that like, that's proof in the pudding. Like we, if it wasn't for our producing assistant background, we, who knows, like it's hard enough to get somebody to read your script. So like talent is one thing. Mm-hmm. Connections are just as important. Yeah. Now, when you were getting started out in the business, when you were getting started, when you were getting started in the business, um, what obstacles, if any, did you guys face uh, being Canadian-based writers in terms of specifically finding representation, you know, getting an uh, agent uh, and getting read production companies mm-hmm. and and and, and uh, networks and things like that? Wow, uh, that's a good. That's a that. This is a, this is one of the the the, the stories that makes us laugh every time because. We were actually, we'd never really searched for an agent until we were already working writers on season one of Continuum. Oh, wow. Yeah. And uh, no, we, we did have an option deal on the table prior to that. Oh. We, and so we went and yeah. met with an agent. We drove 12 hours to meet with an agent. Um, wow. In, in, at the International Media Festival, which is this big, I don't know if you've ever heard of that. It's like a, Mm-mm. it's this big international media festival in, in Banff, Alberta, this beautiful, like Canada's Vale, basically. And uh, yeah, it's, uh, so we drove across the province. Wow. Yeah. To go, to go and meet with an agent to hopefully sign us. And, and Cause we had an option deal on the table. We just wanted somebody to negotiate it for us. Sure. Yeah. And so uh, the agent gave us some really bad advice <laughs> and ended up, doing a terrible job negotiating the option so that we lost the deal in the end. Wow. So it was, uh, yeah. it was a good learning experience and a, a beautiful drive. And then, and then she, she had, uh, recommended that we sign up for, uh, like, um, a writing program, you know, some writing program that, that it is popular here. And we were both kind of just like, you just blew a, a sure thing. And yeah. then she didn't want to sign it because yeah. she didn't, get that we were a, a team yeah we had a lot of problems with that in and so when we started looking for agents none of them wanted to sign us not because we weren't they didn't think we were good it's because they didn't get it they were like wait a minute so there's two of you and <laughs> i don't know how to market you or just and we were both just completely confused by that i was like what do you mean it's like one person but there's two of us right um yeah there's not a lot of writing teams in canada or at least there there wasn't when we started trying yeah, to look yeah. for an agent and stuff like that so so we so now we're working writers on continuum season the first season of it we still don't have representation but we didn't really care because um, we're we're working so right. it's fine and uh, then one of our uh, our colleagues uh, the, the one of the head writers on the show um, Shelly Erickson shout out to Shelly she 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 deserves all his credit uh, introduced us to her agent and uh, he was he loved us he thought it was unique a writing team. He loved our work. The fact we were working was also great, and uh, it was like, and we're still with him to this day. He's often. Um, we love our agent, and uh, and that's so. Like that's how it all happened. We got a we got a ton of no's because people didn't get it, and a blown option deal. And so you know, I can't speak to all the agents in Canada, but ours the yeah, ours actually had a good perspective and didn't miss out and yeah you know ever since then we've been making the money so <laughs> now do Tough you luck g- on the ones that said no <laughs> now do you guys have canadian-based agents and u.s-based agents or just one or the other we have a uh, management in la okay and then we have our agent in canada gotcha yeah gotcha yeah 
so when we come to LA, our managers definitely put us to work. Right. Now, do they focus on different things? In other words, do your Canadian, does your Canadian representation focus on finding you sort of Canadian-based work and your U.S.-based managers representation focus on finding you U.S.-based work? Is that how that works? Or do they both just talk to each other and just get you out as wherever they can? They, they are, yeah, they all talk together. We're, we're all like a, a team, so yeah. they all talk to each other. And uh, and the management is, um, is around to help sort of like market you and steer your career and, and shape your career um, uh, into the best sort of, uh, direction that they see in there. And they're very good at it. Um, and, uh, they, our agent is the guy who will uh, negotiate the deal, just, you know, credit term D that we want. And, uh, that's kind of how that works out. But there are, there are constant communication, particularly with some of the development things that we have going. It's, um, it's, uh, it's this beautiful symbiotic relationship. Now, as, as Canadian-based writers, members of the writers WGC uh, and not the WGA, and also having a Canadian-based agent, um, what is your take on the sort of WGA, ATA writers dispute? Because obviously it doesn't, I mean, it sort of affects the entire industry, but you're oh, yeah. technically not involved in in it because it's a writer's wga dispute with the ata so what is your take on that well it's i don't know it's pretty shady i uh i I, like it wasn't the funny thing was when it broke like air quotes broke right it's not like it was a secret i I, that's what kind of made me yeah they've been doing like laugh it was like when all these other writers are getting upset about it all of a sudden it was like wait you didn't know this was happening like how did you not know this was happening mm-hmm. um but yeah it is it is you know pretty pretty shady but at the end of the day it's a, it's a business so like of course they're gonna do that like there's 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 a pretty hard line between the creative side of film and television and the business side of film and television and one can't live without the other and and it's people are going to allow the business end to, you know, overstep if you, if that's your perspective or, you know, um, try and, you know, siphon as much money out of the process as possible. That's, that's, that's capitalism, that's business. I don't know. I, I, I think it was funny that it it was all of a sudden such a big deal because it wasn't, to me, it wasn't a secret. So, um, yeah, I do think it was shady, but I mean, come on, of course. <laughs> <laughs> now, I've got a couple, about 10 questions that are just, you know, random questions about your favorite movies and, and other things like that, um, that I want to run past you guys. But I want to, uh, maybe I'll go through it and we can ask, you can, each can answer separately. Um, sure. So I'll start with Matt and then we'll, you know, relate to jump to Jeremy and then back and forth. So. Uh, Matt, what All is right. your what is your favorite movie? Oh God, that's a tough one. Do I have to pick one? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, I um, Weekend at Bernie's. Just, yeah, that's such a good one. It's like a speed question. One, one, one and two. It's a speed question. Yeah, just keep just rapid. What the first thing that comes oh. to your mind? What's your favorite movie? Oh, uh, I I gotta go Citizen Kane then. Excellent. Uh, for like favorite oh, movies, so just, cliche. I know, I know. <laughs> Jeremy, what's your favorite movie? 
Uh, I'm going to say Alien. Great. Oh. Matt, what's your favorite TV show? I Six Feet Under. Excellent. Jeremy? Oh, man, right now, Chernobyl. Okay. Um, Matt, what album, soundtrack, or genre of music do you listen to most while writing? Uh, lately, hip-hop. Okay. Jeremy? Uh, I've actually been listening to literal soundtracks, and my uh, my two favorites that I put on right now to write is Akira, the, uh-huh. the manga anime, yeah. and um, Star Wars. Cool. Matt, how do you reward yourself or relax after finishing a new script? I don't know that I'm allowed to say that. Uh, uh, whiskey. <laughs> whiskey. <laughs> <Nice. laughs> uh, Jeremy? It's, it's, legal. it's legal here in LA. I'm going to say uh, um, uh, a joint. Okay. Um, Matt, your favorite restaurant or style of cuisine? Oh, Italian. Jeremy? Indian. Okay. Uh, Matt? Uh, what's your favorite weekend getaway? Uh, five-star hotel, I would say. <laughs> anyone in particular? Uh, anyone with room service. Yeah, anyone with room service. <laughs> uh, nice bro. He's the worst one to travel with because he never wants to leave the goddamn hotel. Nice. Uh, bring shit to you. Yeah, it's like, why do I have to go somewhere when they bring it to you? Uh, exactly. <laughs> Jeremy. Uh, the absolute opposite end of the spectrum from him, uh, camping. Okay. Tent camping, not not RV, like straight up build your own fire tent camping. Nice. You do you have a, a favorite spot in particular? Well, BC, there's a, an embarrassment of riches, so anywhere in the sure. Northwest is amazing. Awesome, Matt. Who is your favorite writer, and what is the best thing they've ever written, in your opinion? Uh, Charlie Kaufman, and it is uh, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Great, uh, Jeremy. Holy cow. Um, yeah, I think I got to agree with Matt. That was, uh, uh, that or adaptation. One of those two, but Kaufman just always is so unique and, and he's brilliant. Yeah. And, uh, brilliant. Yeah. Love it. What is the best thing you've ever written, Matt? God, I don't know if it's been written yet. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) what a Uh, profound answer. Yes. Uh, still working on Exodus and Kane. Uh, okay. I'm going to ask a, I'm gonna have to say it's um, an upcoming one. We were, uh, yeah, it's an upcoming one we're in development with right now. We're really excited about it. It's called Foregone. Oh, cool. I'd ask you what it was about, but I'm sure you can't talk about it. So we'll we'll move we'll move on unless you want to. <laughs> yeah, can't, can't talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> um, if you couldn't be a writer, Matt, what would be your dream job? Man, uh, wow, these are tough questions. I would say doctor. <laughs> why is what? Why? I have no, idea. no, there's no. That is such a lie. He pants. There's no way. No way. He, 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 he. There's no. I could not even see him taking someone's temperature. Independently wealthy. <laughs> a Hilton. Just being a Hilton. Yeah, mine would be Mary Rich. That's mm-hmm. about it. Gotcha. Yeah. That, that's interesting. Okay. Um, <laughs> Matt, who or what is your inspiration? I'd say now it's yeah. Jeremy pointed at him, so um, <laughs> but I would say now my family, my my wife and my son. And Jeremy, my inspiration. Um, it's not a thing. It's more of a a feeling. Like just have as much fun as possible. Like that's yeah. my goal. Yeah, no, that's all great. The time. So yeah. It's just to, it's just to enjoy myself and not compromise in that i think 
enjoying life is is underrated sometimes. So no, absolutely, that totally is valid. I, I can vouch for his enjoyment of life. <laughs> as long as he's <laughs> camping. Um, what has been the most rewarding experience you've had since you started working in the industry, Matt? I would say that first time being on set, watching somebody say something you wrote. Yeah. And it doesn't get old. Uh, it's still the greatest feeling in the world to sit there and watch somebody do that. Right. Jeremy? Uh, uh, I think it would, is just, it, the, the collaboration with the people we've been able to do it with, um, like I'm going to name some names like, uh, like Jonathan Walker, Simon Barry, Larry Raskin, Shelly Erickson, uh, Sarah um, Cooper, Sarah Cooper, like these people, Jeff King, these people are, are, we've been so blessed to be able to work with such great people that, and, that, and such creative people that it's just made us better. And, uh, and and really, really nailed it that we are doing what we're supposed to be doing. So and and uh, it's it that is uh, you know the most rewarding thing to me is mm -hmm. uh, people we've gotten to meet and work with. Right. Not now, to mention the plethora of actors and stuff. Yeah. The plethora of what? Actors and performers. Gotcha. Like, yeah. 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 It's, it's really great. Um. And uh, Matt, what has been the most challenging experience you've had since working in the industry? Working with Jeremy Smith. <laughs> and I assume when I, I ask Jeremy, he's going yeah. to say the opposite answer. Jeremy, what's been the most challenging? I'm going to say the, what's the right way to say it? The infrequency of employment. Mm. That's a good one. Free, freelancing is um, being, being, you know, everything comes to an end. Sure. Every show, every season, every project, there's always an end, and then you know, you just, that uh, that that part of it isn't always great. The the what's next feeling mm -hmm. um, can be equally exciting as it is terrifying. Right. Um, luckily, there's a, there's for us so far, there's always been something around the corner, but you know, it's that luck will run out eventually. So you just got to keep grinding. The, the constant grind and hustle is is, is can, can get tough. It's important. It's one of the most important parts, but it's definitely, uh, it, it definitely is uh, the hardest part of the gig. Right. And I actually had a question in terms of Canadian productions, or at least, you know, productions shooting in Canada, I should say. Um, like, for example, Van Helsing. What percentage of writers in the writer's room would you say are Canadian? 100%. Oh, wow. Season. Yeah, yeah. Neil, Neil was in and out this season. Um, because he was doing his other show, sure. but, uh, other outside of Neil, it was hundred percent Canadian. What are a few of the things that you know now that you wish you could tell younger Matt and younger Jeremy as they were just getting started on their screenwriting producing journey to sort of help them out? Focus. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't want to, I don't know. It's that weird. We, this is the weird nerdy time travel thing <laughs> with us. We've we've worked here. Here goes the It yeah. I'd be I'd be you know I'd be uh I'd be a little afraid to 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 say anything too specific because it might like you know everything kind of seemed to happen. Sure, it took a while, but it seems to have happened. Kind of we're in a perfect place right now, so I wouldn't want to uh, uproot that. But I guess I would just say stop trying to be music video directors and. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> That's those, about it. Those were good times. They were good times, but they were, you know, they were years we can never get back. That is one of the best answers I have ever had on the podcast. Um, oh, wow. When I asked you uh, a question about, you know, what would you, what advice would you give your younger self? It's always just whatever advice, you know, they may have. Yours is like the time paradox, the time travel paradox. Well, yeah. if I gave myself advice, would it change the <laughs> entire, you know, future, my future? And was, that's kind of funny. And lastly, do you have any advice for those aspiring, emerging writers, producers, screenwriters out there that you'd love to share to help them on their journey? See, we're not traveling back in time now. You can actually give them advice. And right, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'd say just be passionate about your writing and just write. Like always be writing. That would be my advice. Yeah. I would I would I would I concur, but I would also add to that don't the and more more specified, don't write things because you think they're popular. Write things that you want to say, write things that you want to see on the screen. Don't don't try to meet some sort of expectation of like this this thing is hot right now don't try and fake it right um don't write what's popular write what you want to see no that's always good advice thanks for coming on the show guy guys i really appreciate your time i know you guys are working on down handling right now so i appreciate your actually time. we're all done yep, yeah oh you finished yeah yeah congratulations it's, all in, it's in the post-production hands now you can follow matt on twitter it's at fabled damned that's f-a-b-l-e-d d-a-m-n-e-d and jeremy at captain punch just like it says captain punch um where do these twitter handles come from uh go ahead man. uh fable damned was just a, a a term that uh ginsburg used to uh talk about the degradation of american society i just really liked huh. and it stuck with me <laughs> mine is far less uh academic and <laughs> I was, I was a, before, uh, you know, I had a concussion, I was played on a hockey team for many years that I ran called the Jonestown Punch, and mm. I was the captain. So anything with Smith in the handle was always <laughs> preceded with, like, six numbers. Right. So I came up with that years ago, Captain Punch. Right, so you'd prefer that over Jeremy Smith one six nine two seven A J P Q R S T U V. Exactly. Gotcha. Exactly. Yeah. Gotcha. Great. So no, so I thank you guys for coming. I will have to have you guys back on again. Um, it's awesome that you've been. You know, you guys are Canadian, but we don't often have uh, Canadian-based uh, writers. But we always get questions from writers who you know are not in. LA that are you know across the country in the US and in Canada and England and whatever and it's it's right difficult on. it's difficult to to give them cases of where where you know it's it's worked out really well you know where you know you oh, guys have, cool. have have done it i'm sure there are lots of cases but it's we haven't had very many on to talk to um the listeners so well, it's great we appreciate your experience well, there's, a, there's a ton of us up here so uh yeah i'm sure the all of them would love to to have a chat with you if you if you reach out in the future, there's there's a there's plenty of talented people up here. Yeah, no, that's great. Um, so thank you, Matt. Thank you, Jeremy. Um, if you listeners have questions about the craft of business or writing of writing, you can send us an email to ask at scriptsandscribes.com or send us a tweet to at scriptscribes. Um, it's just at scriptscribes. There's no and in the middle there. And thank you all for listening. And have a good one.